0: And welcome. I'm Alex and I'm Nikki and this is our podcast, Journals Journal of a journalist. journalist. Alex you know I've done a lot of reporting in very dangerous areas like when I was covering the wars in the townships in the 90s and that kind of thing but nothing has ever been as dangerous as covering wildlife and environment. So in our podcasts to come We're going to talk about things like my investigations into rhino and elephant poaching, where I had to go undercover, our investigations into a secret monkey laboratory, and all the dangers that come with being out in the bush with nothing between you and nature. For our podcast today, we're going to start with killer seals. Killer seals. Okay, so this is an underwater one. This is an underwater one. Very much so. This was a documentary we did for a nature program on SABC called Fifty Fifty, And the subject of the documentary was a lady who lived in Cape Town called Nan Rice, who had in the 70s started an organization called the Dolphin Action and Protection Group. And she did that because she'd witnessed a dolphin capturing project uh, where the dolphins actually died from the stress. Uh-huh. And she became yeah she became so upset by this that she thought, no, this is wrong. It mustn't happen. These animals should never be kept in captivity. And so she started the Dolphin Action and Protection Group because in those days there was no legislation protecting dolphins and whales. Yeah, shame. So she started this, and so our documentary was about her journey how she started with wanting to protect the dolphins, what happened to her, the kind of things she undertook, the legislation she managed to introduce. Because now, because of her efforts, dolphins and whales are actually protected. Oh, and wow. in fact, yeah, and in fact, they're part of an international whale and dolphin monitoring group. So it was a very, very nice story. Most of the story, well, in fact, all of the story was about dolphins, and therefore, we had to film dolphins. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, so we did stories with Nan on land and on ships and so on, but the main thing was to actually film dolphins underwater. And to this end, our cameraman, Lawrence van Rensburg, decided that he was going to attempt a homemade housing for a camera <laughs> okay. so that he could film yeah, and let's underwater. see how this ends. Yes, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so he put this all together. It wasn't exactly homemade. I think he took something which was sort of halfway there and then he he adapted it a little bit so that yeah. he could film underwater. But the idea was that he had this housing, he put the camera inside, and then he would film underwater. That's all very well in theory, but this also needs to be tested. And so yeah. we went down to Cape Town for the shoot. And we decided, we tested it out in swimming pools up in Johannesburg, where we were based. And he sorted out a couple of things. But we were going to be filming in the ocean, which is a very, very different proposition to filming in a swimming pool. So the thought was that we would actually take a a, a trip out into the ocean, and we would go and test this camera in the sea. Just off the coast of Cape Town is a wreck uh, called the Māori which was a British cargo boat, refrigerated okay. cargo boat, which had sank, I think, in about 1975, somewhere sure. around there. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it lay off the coast. It was quite easy to get to, and it was a very popular scuba diving site. Mm. So we decided that this was the perfect place to go and test the camera, and there were trips that went out there. Now, what, ca- what Lawrence had discovered while he was testing the camera in the swimming pool was because you had a housing that was sealed and you had a camera inside that that had to be kept dry there was an air bubble okay, which made yeah. him very light oh, okay so you know whenever he was trying to film the air bubble would keep pulling the camera up to the surface I oh, know. yeah so he had to <laughs> okay. hold on to it very tightly yeah. and in order to counteract this he had bought himself a very heavy weight belt with lots of weights on because that's how you are when you're underwater yeah. you have to alternate between the air in your BC, which is your flotation device, and your weight belt and that's how you adjust in order to get your buoyancy. Okay. But anyway, because this camera was so buoyant, Lorenz had bought a weight belt with extra weights. <laughs> okay. okay. Now we went out, now unfortunately the day that we were scheduled to go and test this camera, the weather was not good. Oh no. It was overcast, it was rainy, there was a squall, there was a swell, the weather was very unsteady, the sea was very turbulent. But we went out on the boat, and halfway to the wreck on the dive boat, the captain suddenly discovered that they'd left most of the flotation devices behind. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. So there weren't enough for all of us. Uh. So Lauren said, Well, don't worry the camera is very buoyant camera, anyway yeah. I've got a camera that'll be my flotation device my buoyance my bc what we call my flotation jacket so I won't really need one so I thought okay fine I'll then take the flotation device the bc we'll test it out Lawrence went over the side we arrived at the spot the sea was like soup it was yellow because there was so much stuff in uh, the sea all the yeah so the okay. the visibility was very very poor oh, no. but anyway he went over first and then I adjusted my BC and my weight and, and all of my tank and all those kind of things. And then I went over after him. And the only way to get down was to go hand over hand on the anchor chain. Yeah. But Lawrence had gone over first. And because of the heavy weight belt he had, he sank like a stone. I oh, know. He just went straight uh. down to the bottom. So I went down looking for him, hand over hand along the anchor chain, and I arrived at the bottom, and there Lawrence was pinned to the sea bottom, unable to move because of the weight of his weight belt. And so I was holding on to the anchor chain with one hand, and we're talking about 25 meters under the ocean now. I was trying to indicate to him that he must dump his weight belt so that I could take him back up to the surface again. And he was not going to dump his weight belt. He'd spent a lot of money on it and there was no way he was going to dump his weight belt. But because of the weight belt and the the instability in the water, he could not move. So I grabbed the scruff of his neck with one hand and I tried to start pulling myself up the anchor chain with the other hand. And it didn't work because he was too heavy. And what made it worse was that when you're a diver in the cape, the cape fur seal is not uh, a pleasant okay. animal yeah, yeah. because they come shooting at you out of the murk with their with their jaws wide open so no. you just see this mouth coming closer ah. and closer <laughs> and closer full of teeth Yeah. And Uh, then as it comes to you within inches, then it suddenly veers off to the side, leaving you with your heart going like a a motor, and you're thinking, uh, haul Lawrence out of the sea, I'm trying to hold on to the anchor chain with the other hand, and then I'm being dive bombed by these killer seals. seals, Eventually, we managed to persuade Lawrence to dump the weight belt, and I was able to haul him back to the surface, but that was about the, oh, what I forgot to mention while we were doing all of this, all of a sudden I was sucking away at my oxygen tank yeah, yeah. and there was no air. I looked at my, my meter and I'd used up all my air in nine minutes.
1: Oh, now no. an oxygen
0: tank is supposed to keep you going for 30 to 40 minutes. Jeez. But because we <laughs> no. were working so hard, I was pulling and we were busy gesticulating and we were busy going so crazy at the seabed, I had used up all my air. I don't even know how much air Lawrence had used up. But anyway eventually he simply had to drop his weight belt and we both shot out of the water like corks out of a bottle and we were saved but that was not a very pleasant start to our documentary the next thing we had to do after that after we'd recovered from this ordeal of testing the camera um, after that lawrence did decide that he would test the camera in shallower water and get it to work that way and everything went well the next thing we had to do was we had to go out on a destroyer because a destroyer a destroyer is a warship oh uh, okay yeah cool. they called nice. you got different classes of warships so you get yeah a destroyer is a type of war. It's a very fast ship that's okay. used for for warfare basically and the navy had come on board with Nan with this project and the sailors on the destroyers would then watch out for whales and dolphins and would send her information because it was about the only way we could know about the numbers and and the activities and so on. So one of the things we had to do was go out on one of these warships, these destroyers, and talk to the sailors and watch them while they did the, the, the monitoring of the whales and dolphins as part of their daily patrols. Which would have been very nice, except I discovered I get incredibly seasick. Oh no. So virtually the moment the boat left harbour, that was it. Uh, oh, no. I was oh, no. finished. No. All I could do was coiled myself up in a little ball and I lay in a corner oh. of the boat and groaned. Oh, is it? So luckily the cameraman and the producer and the sound man managed to get the footage, but this idea of me standing on board the boat and chatting to the sailors while they did their work was not gonna happen. So that was the second thing that uh, wasn't all that pleasant. Now, what we had to do once we had our filming of Nan on land and the work she was doing, and we'd spoken to the Navy and the way they help her and so on, the big thing now was to go and find footage of the dolphins. Yay. So we went out on a little rubber duck with our, uh, with the camera and myself, all dressed up in dive kit, and we went out. Beautiful day. We went into the kelp forest, uh, where there were normally dolphins that lived there. Oh, okay. But we also discovered something about dolphins. They swim very fast. Yes. <laughs> so
1: we would see animals yes so we
0: would see a pod of dolphins somewhere and we would go over to where the dolphins were and when we arrived there the dolphins were not there anymore oh oh no so we sort of spent a day in cape town chasing dolphins chasing dolphins (laughs) and not getting very far Uh, the other thing as well about the cape by the way the water is cold very, cold, very, very cold. Very cold. So every time that. you go overboard, it's like an ice cream headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were finally, very we cold. were having to pee in our wetsuits to keep ourselves warm. <laughs> okay, that's one solution. <laughs> but anyway, we decided, okay, so much for the Cape. We weren't going to get dolphins in the Cape. But where there were dolphins, lots of dolphins, is in Port Elizabeth Bay. It's a huge bay, and there are dolphins that live in the bay. So the next thing we did was we went over, we decided to pack everything up from Cape Town. We had everything we needed in Cape Town. We would now go over to Port Elizabeth and we would try and film dolphins in the bay. Same thing. Got into the boat, got all our gear together, went out where we could see the dolphins. Mm-hmm. in the, About a half a kilometer away, we could see them going through the water. And as we got there, the dolphins were on the other side Done. of the bay. <laughs> so we would dutifully chug over to where the dolphins were and by the time we looked they were back to where we'd started and we did this for a whole day and eventually we decided well doesn't look like the dolphins want to participate shocked, in our documentary yeah. so what are we going to do next what how are we going to fill this in producer had the bright idea that there is a dolphinarium in port elizabeth okay. where there are 3 dolphins we thought for the purposes of the documentary, let's go and ask the director of the aquarium if we could possibly get into the tank with the dolphins and film the dolphins. Okay. And this was not very well received by the uh, director of the aquarium okay. because she said that it would be stressful to the dolphins. Oh yeah, shame. And that was a foreign thing for, for them for us to do. The dolphins were not used to it, even though they were trained and sort of habituated. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, we got a flat no at first, okay, but we persisted. And we said, no, no, no. The purpose of this documentary is to highlight the work that's done around the conservation of dolphins. Because the whole issue of dolphins in aquariums is actually a very controversial one. Yeah, Because definitely. there's a whole way of thinking that says dolphins should not be in aquariums. They, they should not be in captivity at all and a lot of aquariums counter that by saying they need dolphins for educational purposes and usually the dolphins they keep in the aquarium were there because they were rescued, rescued. or they were injured yeah. and they couldn't survive in the wild anyway so they kept in captivity but in the event keeping dolphins in aquariums is a very controversial thing yeah definitely but we really needed we it's very difficult to put together a documentary about dolphins without actual dolphins yes. starring mm-hmm. in the documentary I mean, yes yes mm-hmm. that makes sense we went and we begged and we pleaded and eventually the director of the aquarium said yes you could go into the tank and film the dolphins but there was a whole list of conditions okay we were not allowed to be in the water for more than 15 minutes we were not allowed to approach the dolphins at all we were not allowed to swim towards them okay, etc we could I only see. get into the water and hang there and film and the dolphins and hope they come and hope they come yes. But it was a victory. So we went to the edge of the pool with the dolphin. There were three dolphins being kept there. I went in first because Lauren still had quite a bit of setting up to do. Yeah. So I went into the aquarium first. It was quite simple. I just kitted up. In fact, I didn't even... No, I did have a tank. Yes, I did have a tank because we wanted to make it look like we were out in the ocean. In the ocean, yeah. So I did have a tank. Normally when you dive, in fact invariably when you dive... The first thing you do is you go overboard and then you hang in the water about two meters below the surface and you check everything. You check your BC, you check your weights, you check your buoyancy, etc. Yeah, yeah. Just to do all the checks to make sure you're okay before you go deeper. So I went over the side into the aquarium and there was not a dolphin in sight, I must tell yeah. you. Went over the side into the aquarium and while I was hanging there in the water, all of a sudden these three dolphins came shooting up to me. and <laughs> <laughs> Screeched to a halt about a meter away from me. And hung in the water looking at Aww. me and i thought this was so funny i actually started to laugh and <laughs> laughing underwater is probably not recommended but i couldn't help myself it was so <laughs> funny yeah the way the three of them were just standing there looking at me and the one sort of turned its head as if to say what is this strange <laughs> thing that's the hanging in the water thing, yeah. and that was fine and i was completely charmed i was about to sort of look at them and see are they gonna come closer or not when Lawrence popped over the side with his camera, oh, okay. and they had never seen a camera before. <laughs> so they yeah. abandoned me completely and went shooting over to Lawrence again, <laughs> halting in the water about a meter away from him, and completely fascinated by this great yeah, thing spring, he had there yeah. with his eye. Yeah, and, the camera lens. Yes, and so I signaled to Lawrence that we must start filming. The irony was, even though the director of the aquarium had told us, you are not allowed to approach the dolphins, the dolphins weren't, didn't know that. And yeah. they made such a nuisance of themselves. Uh-huh. Because Lawrence even couldn't film, because they were trying to look inside the lens of the camera <laughs> and see their reflection. And so all he got were these massive dolphin close eyes. Ups. Close-ups. <laughs> After they'd gotten over their curiosity, they decided now they wanted to play. So they were swimming oh, around geez. us in circles. It was very frustrating because they would come up behind you and they'd almost strop themselves against you like a cat. Okay. And then the moment you turn around to try and stroke them, they're gone. They're gone. Within seconds. It's yeah. just they were there one minute and the next minute they're not. Again, I was laughing underwater. It was just the most amazing feeling I have ever had in my life was being in the water playing with these dolphins. Wow. And yeah. unfortunately the air ran out. Oh no. As it does. As it does. And I looked at my gauge and I realized I've got no more air. I have to surface. But I suddenly felt, I want to die now because I am never going to be this happy ever in my life ever again. When we realized we'd run out of air and we had to go up and luckily it was only about a meter or two because that tank wasn't very deep. I looked at Lawrence and he looked at me and we realized we felt so genuinely sad and actually bereft because we'd left and all we really wanted to do was go down and keep playing with the dolphins. Anyway, we got to the side and uh, we hauled ourselves out of the water and we were sitting there busy, quite reflective, because we just actually had a life-changing experience <laughs> wow. when we saw the director of the aquarium come marching up behind <laughs> us in an absolute oh, no. fury because she said. I told you, you were only t- allowed to be down there for 15 minutes and you were down there for half an hour. Uh, we just thought, oh no, we, there's no way we could have only just done that for 15 minutes. It, it genuinely was a fantastic experience. And we felt really, really sad to leave the dolphins behind. When I look back on all the documentaries I've done, quite a few dozen of them for, on all sorts of subjects, I must say that is probably the most hair-raising. But at the same time one of the nicest experiences i've ever had i spoke to lawrence afterwards and he he was equally sad he said there's something really really magical it's about surreal, these creatures yeah they, they there's something absolutely amazing about dolphins you got the footage we went home we put the documentary together and it went out on fifty fifty. That is the one that I remember the most because, wow. really, I was given the privilege of swimming with dolphins, which is something that not many people no, have. not a lot of people have. It's no longer really acceptable for people to interact with dolphins yeah, because definitely. the thinking is they're wild animals and they should not really be brought in contact with people unless they want to. Yeah, yeah. But of all the documentaries I've worked on, that was probably one of the most hair-raising, <laughs> but it was also yeah. one of the most special wow that that sounds amazing okay wow what a story that's where we end today thank you for listening yes thanks for listening and tune in for more exciting episodes of wildlife and me yes and this has been journals of a journalist you can follow us on instagram at journals of a journalist we have a twitter which is journal at journals of a send us an email at journals of a journalist at gmail.com